It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the 5280 podcast. I'm Glenn Hauser, uh, again manning the ship uh, in place of Mundungus Creevy, joined by Cameron Parker, Gage Madrid. Fellas, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, doing really well. Uh, looking forward to, uh, I will say it was actually, I, it was pretty great to actually have a weekend where didn't Broncos didn't get a chance to play, but you got a chance to just enjoy a nice little slate of games. Uh, you know, over the weekend, obviously the Cowboys and Eagles was the big one uh, on the weekend. But so it was nice to just kind of sit down and just enjoy uh, some nice football. And you're going to get that again this weekend as the Broncos are playing the Monday night game. But we'll we'll get to that, too. And uh, we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. But some unexpected news uh, broke today. Uh, I was certainly not expecting this, but the Broncos announced that they are doing a $175 million upgrade to their headquarters at Dove Valley. They're uh, adding a ton of stuff. I'll talk to a little bit about that. It's a designed in a contemporary style, reflective of Colorado with a focus on enhancing player health and performance. The Broncos facility will bring together football and business operations in an inspirational, collaborative and modern environment. And some of the things that, that they're including in this, nearly 21,000 additional square feet of player spaces, approximately a third larger will be added and path of travel will be reduced to increase efficiency. And that's one of the things that they've had to leave buildings in order to go different places. So everything's going to be connected with that. Uh, Another thing said football operations, coaching and personnel staffs will have their own floor with views of the practice field, easy access to all football operation spaces, Uh, extra large quarterback office. They did not mention that, but I'm sure that's in the plans. Um, <laughs> business operations, all primary business operations will be centralized on a single floor, bringing together several departments in a collaborative environment. And it said fan accommodations there will be ample fan and hospitality spaces, including an amenity courtyard, rooftop terrace, balconies, and seating areas. And one thing with the business operations, they're actually moving all the ticket people, the ones that are working currently at the stadium, are now all going to be centrally located at Dove Valley. Um, supposed to be ready for the beginning of 2026 season. Guys, this is a game changer, especially in terms of attracting talent. What was your first thought when you when you heard this news? Do you want I mean, to, you want to go? No, yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, when you always <laughs> um, when you see some of the more modern facilities in the NFL, like the Minnesota Vikings, the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they really are the creme de la creme, and you know that. 
the Walton Pinner ownership group wants to be up there with mm-hmm. those other teams in terms of facilities. Raiders as well. Their brand new facilities there in Vegas. That's what the Broncos are trying to achieve here. And the fan accommodations are going to be great. It's going to be a berm where it's not going to be sun directly searing <laughs> right on you. And um, that's going to be really, really nice. Temporarily, there are going to be um, bleachers there for stand or for fans to be able to still attend training camp during construction. I recall in 2014 when they were doing the construction of the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse that year, there were no fans at training camp. I was looking that up, but um, they did have a couple of open practices and empower field at mile high. So maybe one training camp, we might see that during this construction process, but it's going to be well worth it at the end. The player facilities, just like it was alluded to, to attract potential free agents. That would be absolutely awesome. I think this is going to be an absolute game changer and make the Denver Broncos, which are already a really great organization to play for even better. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to, uh, to further that point a little bit, you know, that's one of the things that they were really after. Right. And, you know, and to be blunt, like I, I will say, I should say we should have expected this, right. Cause when you have the amount of, you know, money, uh, the, the rich owners that we have for the Denver Broncos, they, they should be making those types of advancements within this, you know, team. I think it's a, and especially with Dove Valley, I think they sort of hinted at this a couple of years ago in terms of, or, you know, when they, they came in, like they were going to do something in terms of like Dove Valley or something like you kind of thought something was going to happen in the future. Um, but I mean, like they, they talked about it too, is they're like, this is, this is something where they took a pulse like they did the stadium. Right. And that famous thing that we had seen in terms of a survey with the stadium, get a feel of, you know, all the stadiums, something that you talked about gauge. I think one thing that was a little bit, um, not mentioned though, is there is that there there is there are those teams in college football that have an, an NFL type facilities, and so I would imagine that was being uh, you know lumped into that evaluation process as well. And so I think you know when we talk about you know free agents and the big free agents that are wanting to come to the Valley and to that organization, first and foremost, right? You gotta you gotta go toward the health department. You would imagine uh, a big thing that's going to end up being, uh, you know, poured into that is going to be the resources and advancements within that health department, so that anything in terms of recovering from injuries, big injuries, and especially with training camp, right? Training camp is just filled with injuries, both minor and major injuries, and so the opportunity that you can have to upgrade that type of facility, you you can absolutely bet that the Walter Penner Group is front and center in front of that. And you mentioned that we should have, we should have expected this and they did buy the land. It was current. It was, it used used to be leased and they did buy the property. But when you're that wealthy, like that is something that you could purchase and then choose Mm -hmm. to move the facilities elsewhere. But the fact that they were able to come up with an architectural design and something that looked, looks really cool on paper. Like a continuation um, almost. that, (laughs) That, they can stay at that place. You know, the fact that with the free agents that you have the beautiful state of Colorado, the 300 days of sun, and then you have a facility that these guys are going to want to hang out and they're going to want to spend time there. They're going to want to work out there. They're going to bond there. 
and it's just going to be spectacular. Uh, as a as a bald guy, I appreciate the fact that they're going to move the the us <laughs> out of the sun a little bit, Gage. So that was a very good point. As a ginger, um, I also appreciate it. <laughs> Hopefully the trees that they plan to put in there will grow really soon. They were already getting some really good trees out there right now, and that's going to be one downside to training camp for the next couple of years. So we did hear a couple statements or did see a couple statements that were released. Uh, I'll just briefly go over those. Uh, first from Greg Penner, CEO and owner. Our vision is to create a new home for the Denver Broncos that reflects our values of winning and teamwork with a modern Colorado design. While we considered several options to modify our current facility, we decided to do this the right way by building a new player-centered headquarters with an efficient layout and the latest amenities. Having both our football and business operations on the same campus will foster a championship environment in pursuit of our goals on and off the field. And one of the things that a lot of people I don't think realize is that Greg Penner actually was, he and Carrie live in Colorado full-time prior to the purchase of the team. So he's not just suggest he knows what is a Colorado design and what really kind of fits the, the, the vibe of the state and the people that, that reside um, there. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. And then Damani Leach mentioned, this is a transfer transformative time for the Denver Broncos led by the Walton Penner family ownership group that has demonstrated a deep and impactful commitment to invest investing in world-class facilities we're thrilled to share plans for a new team headquarters with Broncos country, bringing together our organization and contributing to a positive culture that supports the number one goal of winning. The combination of layout, collaborative spaces, flexibility, and size will place the Broncos new training facility among the very best in all of sports. And I have no doubt that that, that that is true. And the fact that it's privately financed at 175 million and probably ex <laughs> exceed that. You just, uh, you have to think, um, you know, it's nice to, it's nice to have rich owners and yeah, I mean, you would, any ownership that involved Johnny Bolin was not going to be doing a $75 million facility. And you also have to imagine this would be something that Pat Bolin would be incredibly proud of, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Just continuing what he wanted to build over there at Dove Valley, which is state of the art athletic facilities. What's going on, Biggie Bronco. Good to see you. Um, but state of the art athletic facilities and, state-of-the-art player facilities, I mean, just recreational facilities, that kind of stuff, cafeteria. Again, it's going to be a place that players want to go to work every single day. They want to hang out there. I mean, it's just going to be absolutely fantastic. And like Cam alluded to from the recovery side of things, state-of-the-art, whatever hyperbaric chambers and all that stuff that they use to recover quickly and all that stuff, the Broncos are going to invest money in their players and that's one of the biggest positives so far from this ownership group is that they're willing to spend money where it needs to be spent. And this is an area where it absolutely needs to be spent. 100% gauge. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there with Pat Bolin. I mean, when you think of maybe the biggest takeaway from the Walter Penner group uh, in terms of their ownership and, you know, from day one, it has been, you know, how can we maintain that Broncos culture and, when you when it's the Broncos culture, it's also been you know what was created by Pat Bolin and maintaining that legacy, right? That was one of the things that was, you know, driven home in one of their you know opening press conferences. And when you when you put in the work, when you put in the resources, the finances into actually making the performance on the football field better, that's that is exactly what Pat Bolin 
has been, you know, a huge proponent of. And so I think that, you know, you don't even, you don't even need to look no further than the, the hundred million dollars that they, they put on the field for a meaningless week 18 uh, game against a divisional rival, you know, against the chargers. Right. Uh, you know, one that they obviously won, you know, in, in that game. So, I mean, they, they definitely are, are huge uh, proponents of putting forth a really good product on that field. And, you know, and seeing results for it. Yeah, and I'm sorry to correct you, Cam, but it was 400,000 on that football field. But it was still for one game, and 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 I mean that just 400 million, you know. I mean, yeah, 100 million to 400,000. Um, you know, it's uh, inter- interesting thing about Pat Bolin is when he first owned the team, he was not that forward thinking in terms of like giving the players things. You know, like it was he he I don't want to say he skimped, but he just did. It was not he evolved into somebody that realized, wait, I I need to make sure these guys are well taken care of. And if they're well taken care of, they're going to take, they're going to take care of this, this team, their effort and the works. And he quickly learned and, and started being known as, as an owner that would really um, cater to the needs of the players. Uh, And um, so, you know, I think you're right. I mean, it's, it, and one of the cool things about this new group is that they have reached out to the past. If you've noticed that they've uh, the Broncos history mm-hmm. seems to be important to the new owners. And I like that because someone that, that, you know, feels like a lot of times the history gets, gets eaten up and, and some of the guys that are forgotten are players that I grew up, you know, mm-hmm. watching myself. So that's, so that's important to me, but um, you know, uh, I, Go ahead, Kim. I, I was going to say one of the things that I think is going to be interesting as time goes on in terms of what this new ownership is, you know, another thing with Pat Bolin was he was instrumental in not just the Denver Broncos, but the National Football League as a whole. So, mm-hmm. so if they, so if, uh, so with this ownership group, if there is just rave reviews nationally with the National Football League from you know Roger Goodell before you know whatever his contract is up or the new commissioner comes in um you know at that point I'm really curious to see what the national um recognition for the Walter Penner group you know is going to be like because you know are they going to end up taking more of a national prominence as well like a Pat Bolin in terms of maybe you know putting in pouring some money to helping making the NFL better and the NFL a much better product Absolutely. So Cam, you did bring something up that I had not considered and I hope you're, I I hope the answer to the question is no, but you said, does this mean now that they're going to start charging for drinking? Yes. (laughs) And as someone who go full Dan uh, Snyder on them. (laughs) And as someone who did feel the pain about uh, um, ticket prices going up after they spent the money in the stadium, it did, it did make me pause a little bit. I, I, right. I don't think, I don't think so. I think that I could see them continuing with this type of same ticket allocation, but mm-hmm. um, boy, that is going to be a very tough ticket to get, especially <laughs> that first training yeah. camp. It's going to be spectacular. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and well, and the question is with, you know, if they possibly do the exact same, cause right. They, they limited tickets, right. Cause there was, there was uh, only a few, there was like X amount of tickets that you had to get for training camp. Right. And so you had to actually go through the whole process of, 
you know, it was free, but they actually had to go through the whole process of buying a ticket, you know, to go to trading camp. I mean, it was sold out. The first couple of days were sold out in the mm-hmm. you know first five minutes. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic changes or stays the same. Um, but, you know, I'll be honest. Yeah, it was, it was maybe, you know, to be blunt, like it was my number one takeaway, obviously when I'm seeing that, you know, that, that, that kind of fancy facility, I'm just like, this is awesome. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But are those tickets still free? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'd like to hope so. The, the, yeah. the, that ownership group has plenty of financial resources to invest in this. Yeah. This is not the concern for them. They're, they're willing to spend the money, and I don't think that they, they they know that it will be recouped by team by the by people visiting like the team store and just attending the training camp, all mm-hmm. that stuff. That they'll recoup their money from this in due time, and. This could be a potential signal towards some other new facilities for the team coming, i.e. a new stadium. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be interesting. So, I, and I mean, if they do, I will say that I have officially checked off, you know, getting the chance to look through that uh, that stadium with the tour and everything. I hope they don't, obviously. I mean, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, there's been a lot of rumblings and, and, you know, Glenn, we've had this conversation before numerous times, you know, on the show, possibly like, you know, with, with the new stadium. I mean, I was speaking of a hundred million, that's probably where I got it mixed up, but like the, the hundred million uh, right. you know, w- went into the, you know, went into the stadium. Obviously the big scoreboard was probably one of the big proponents of that hundred million. Um, but I mean, they, they put advancements into a stadium now, you know, obviously this is rich owners. So, I mean, it's, it's their money. It's not, it's not our money. I mean, you know, but I would, I would imagine if they're putting that kind of advancement into the stadium like that, I don't think they would be moving, you know? Uh, but again, it's, it's not, it's not my money. Um, but with it also being downtown Denver, it's like, you know, and this is something we talked about in the past too, Glenn. It's like, if you can keep the stadium there and build a lot of, you know, advancements, you have the opportunity to truly make, downtown denver like that the empower field like a staple of the skyline of denver something that you know you hate to say it that's what coors field is right like coors field you could say is almost like a staple of downtown denver and if you can be able to do that and build a lot of more advancements if you can and keep it there i mean you know that that is the ideal scenario for a new stadium or uh to keep the stadium i should say I mean, There's I'd nothing. say Coors is probably the nicest of Denver's professional stadiums. Go figure, right? Go figure. Yeah, 
seriously, yeah. the worst the worst ownership group in Denver sports has the best stadium. Go figure. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. Seriously, if the Broncos could integrate Empower Field in something like that, and the business around Empower Field, I feel like is something that. I feel I could really hopefully start thriving more. We could see more shops opening near Empower Field, stuff like that. That's kind of the vision that I feel like is seen long term. And I think I saw Mike Cliss reported that they're trying to do something like that and put more shops and stuff and more infrastructure down there. And that could be a big attracting point to building on the current stadium and keeping it in its current location. You know, um, I think one of the things, if they're a big thing on, and you hate to, you hate to give kudos to the Rockies. I'm, I, I know I'm wearing a Rockies <laughs> right now, but like you hate to give kudos to the Rockies in terms of like Coors Field. But I will say one of the best things that they ever did, uh, and they 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 did it in paying homage to Kelly McGregor. Um, but they had the McGregor Square, uh, right, uh, which is like the you know they had places and basically like a. You know, a place where you, you know you can just meet and greet people, watch the game together, and you know. So I mean, like, but also by that same token, like, you know, it's right off the the stadium. And I think if you can do something to like to that, or like to the shopping, to to what you're mentioning, you know, Gage, it's like if they can do something about you know possibly making a fan experience, you know, uh, within that stadium, I think that is. That is something I think Pat Boland would want, obviously, because, I mean, that is something that, you know, if the fans are a big part of, obviously, you know, the the Broncos and the Broncos history. And so anything that is uh, a big uh, for, for the history of that, if they can do like a fan experience or even just the culture of the, um, you know, of it, I, I would be a huge proponent of it. Yep, one hundred percent, man. And I've also seen all those scenarios about making like Bronco Land and stuff like that on some Bronco Land. Land. I know, yeah. I know, Chris would be on board for that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I've seen all the rumors thrown around about no, it being done potentially out there in um in DIA area and like the East Denver Aurora area. But if they could potentially squeeze something in like that in the downtown Denver area, that would just be absolutely bussing down there. I mean. It would be, oh. it would give people just an absolute, uh, give people reason to go downtown more than they already do. You know, it would be just another reason to visit downtown Denver, and it would be, it would be awesome. We're we're officially a, uh, appealing to the uh, the Gen Zers now. We officially <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> G- Gage is going to be on Saturdays and Seltzer soon, but yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm going to pull up a comment from Jeff Bryan uh, to lead us into our next topic, but going to Buffalo, who's with me? Oh man. Uh, well, what's the, what, what is the temperature? I think that's the most important. <laughs> that's actually a good question. I think, I think I looked it up. It's going to be comparatively mild by Buffalo standards. So only uh, 13 inches of snow, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. going to be, um, by game time, around 34 degrees. So a little bit warmer, actually, than their last game that they played here in Denver. See, Gage, with your backdrop, I should have given you some advance notice, and, and you could have had the weather map and done your whole Ginger's <laughs> evening. <laughs> that so great. Yeah, kind of like who's lying in Orchard Park, New York. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Just like a who's line is it anyway skit. 
right? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> That's hilarious. But uh, you know, the that was a game when we for when no pun intended, we forecast uh at the beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I believe all four of us had projected a loss at Buffalo on a Monday night. And I'm not so sure, guys. I mean, Buffalo does seem a little vulnerable at this point. And, uh, you know, after after seeing Cincinnati manhandle them, I'm not so sure that the Broncos aren't going to be able to, to run wild on this team. It's it's an interesting thing because, you know, I mean, the, the Broncos, and this is one of the reasons why the bye week came at such the perfect time because they're now – after the two game winning streak, they're hitting on all cylinders. You're starting to see the identity come to fruition. The bye week came. You finally get the the streak, the the monkey off your back in terms of Kansas City. You get that victory. You know, and, and you face Buffalo right after the bye, which is, you know, an emotional uh, an emotional game, which, you know, we'll talk about Von Miller's return on that one. But I mean, the the defense is a little susceptible. You know, they're susceptible against the run, which is you know, if you were to talk about Buffalo being susceptible to the run, that's maybe one of the biggest surprises for the Buffalo Bills, uh, given the amount of talent that they have on that front seven. So, um, and even going into the season, the fact that you're talking about the Buffalo Bills and the team that the Broncos recently just beat the Kansas City Chiefs being rather vulnerable, right? And so it's just like, you know, possibly two of the top teams, maybe one and two in the AFC. So the fact that you can possibly steal a game in Buffalo on prime time and for prime time Russ is uh, it's, it's hard to fathom based on how the beginning of the season went. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I mean, just the way there is a formula there to beat Buffalo. And again, it's run it down their throat. We saw Cincinnati do that with them. The, the bills have really played down to their competition in several games. I think that giants game in particular, just several other games where the Bills have just not taken care of business when they've needed to. And granted, this is a game that Buffalo really has to win, given where they are at this point in the year, that they've got to win this one. If they don't, their season can fall off the rails rather quickly. What's going on, Bill? Good to see you. But so, and there's also um, the next four or five game stretch for Buffalo. In fact, let me look it up here. I'm such a terrible podcast host. Um, <laughs> But Denver is going to be kind of the easy game for them in this stretch. Yeah. Let's see here. Which, as you're looking that up, is kind of the opposite of where the Broncos stand. This is kind of our tough one. And then it seems like uh, more manageable offerings uh, meeting up with the Broncos a week after the Buffalo game. Absolutely. So they've got us and then they've got the Jets, which is actually a little more manageable than I would have said um, when I looked at this last night, <laughs> considering how bad that Jets offense looked. Well, 3.4 points a game, baby! Well, <laughs> and, you, and you can bet that emotions will be riding high on that game the way week one went down. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I could see Buffalo just torching yeah. them like 41 to 16. Of course, 16. 16. By the way, 16, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. God, which would actually Daniel increase their game. average which would be that would be an upgrade <laughs> even in a loss yeah but then after that they've got the uh the eagles the chiefs the are uh, the cowboys and the chargers so that's a game for buffalo that they kind of feel like they probably have to win 
that and that Jets game. So I could see a scenario that Buffalo just comes in and trounces Denver. But at the same time, they have not played up to their capabilities. They are too reliant on hero ball from Josh Allen. Like they are the fighting Josh Allens. They refuse to commit to the ground game to save their life. And that's kind of the converse of Denver right now where they're really leaning more and more into their ground game and it just feels like as the weeks go on buffalo's like all right josh go out there and make shit happen <laughs> it's it, it will be interesting to see josh allen and uh josie jewel and zach allen all pointing at each other i mean it's going to be like the spider-man meme i think but um <laughs> i'm i'm really looking forward to this game and cam obviously mentioned it um you know the the, the fact that it's the first time Broncos have played against Von Miller and he's been gone for a while now. So it's hard to imagine that this is, that is the case, but it's definitely going to be an emotional moment. It would certainly be more so if it were at mile high, but um, what do you think? What do you, what do you foresee coming from, from, uh, from Vaughn this game? From, from Vaughn. Well, if you look at how Vaughn has kind of played in his return coming off of his knee injury, it's been kind of a slower process. He's been kind of struggling a little bit to get things going. This could be the game where going against someone like Mike McGlinchey, that could be a bounce back scenario for Vaughn. And you know that he's going to have that emotional fire. Uh, Cam sent out a tweet before we went live that he saw Vaughn Miller's, um, Von Miller's stream, and he said that this isn't a revenge game for him, but he is looking forward to sacking Russ. And so yeah. uh, how appropriate would it be, just kind of how Cam and I were saying before the podcast, yeah. how appropriate would it be for Von Miller's first sack back to come against his old team, go against Russell Wilson, <laughs> yeah. just kind of everything would come full circle, you know? So with Vaughn, he's kind of struggled a little bit in his return from his injury. So that might be a scenario where Vaughn isn't as big of a factor on the stat sheet. But that's definitely going to be an emotional thing. I know I'll probably shed a tear because Vaughn's one of those players that truly was one of the ones that made me fall in love with the Broncos to the extent that I've fallen in love with the Broncos. Obviously responsible for the greatest football memory of my life, Super Bowl 50. I'm probably going to shed a tear over this one. You know, it, it, when you, he says we so many, so much when he's talking mm-hmm. about the Broncos, maybe he said he was, it would be good to sack us. I mean, he <laughs> <laughs> misheard it, but I got to pull up a comment because um, we really appreciate uh, you checking out the podcast, Michael. It's, it, uh, it's, it's a cool thing that you're doing. It's a cool thing that you did with, um, the Broncos media personalities. And I think it was pretty much unanimous that Ryan Edwards should be number one. So I think you hit a home run with that, Mm -hmm. but really appreciate you checking us out giving us an opportunity to, uh, hear your critique, but, um, you know, cam being part of mainly Broncos, I'm sure he wanted to say something based on what you'd posted today. Oh, just wanted to say, uh, you know, thank you. Uh, what would this be like the third time I'm saying thank you? I, I know I said a thank you to you on uh, on social media, but, you know, it's it's definitely, you know, a, a blast and it's a blessing to be able to do um, a podcast like this. And, and of course, you know, being a part of the MHRT network, but of course, you know, having, you know, you uh, being a first time listener, checking us out and really enjoying what you were listening to, you know, uh, kind of you know makes me shed a tear because it knows that the hard work that we're doing over at the mhrt network and what we're doing i mainly is you know it it's it's bearing fruit you know and so it's yeah. like it's 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 definitely humbling to, to hear something like that 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And hopefully you get a chance to come back, Michael, when when uh, Mike Clark, a.k.a. Manungus Creevy, is is, uh, is part of the show. He's generally our host and uh, uh, sits in this chair uh, much stronger than I. So I, I appreciate that. But again, thanks for, for coming on and for the kind words. He is, uh, he is pun intended, wrestling with family duties. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. The fact that he was at a wrestling uh, tournament for his son and and a wrestling mat meet. What is what? I, I'm yeah. sorry, a wrestling event. Um, and they're an hour and a half from home. But uh, hopefully, Wyatt uh, killed it today. Um, this is one of Mike's kids. So, uh, Broncos breakdown. Bill says, I really think that Vaughn is going to be amped up to play Denver. He does love Denver, the city, the organization, but he will make his presence felt. Unfortunately. Um, and I think it was Romy actually that said it. It's going to be hard to see it. At least he's wearing forty and not fifty-eight. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I thought it was a pretty good point there. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I'm a little grateful that this wasn't at Mile High because I know if this was at Mile High, they'd do a tribute, they'd do all that stuff, and yeah. I'd probably be blubbering. <laughs> that that one, oh man, that one's going to tug at my football heartstrings. It does, it's not often that. Football gets me like that emotionally, but this one is going to get me. I will say though, Gage, Can you live stream. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you got a live stream? Oh, you're going to be yeah. on. Yeah, will yeah be I, on. Will be. I will be. Uh, That's I right was gonna, on, on Bronco Syndicate. Yep. So. I was going to say, Gage, though, don't don't put it past the Broncos social media team to uh, you know to at least mm. you know mm. out on Monday you know, possibly about, uh, you know, Von Miller. So not to, you know, make you cry even more, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm fully expecting it, man. I'm fully expecting it. There's always that love for Vaughn with the city of Denver and the Broncos organization. They split on extremely amicable terms. You, you know, Vaughn will be back as soon as he hangs him up and he'll be instantly in the ring. Well, as soon as he can be in the as soon as he can be in the ring of honor, you know, I don't know if they'd do it absolutely instantaneously. They'd probably wait wait a little bit, but I feel like it would honestly be kind of appropriate to induct him and DT together. That that mm-hmm. is something I think would be extremely awesome and appropriate to do. So I feel like that's coming. You know, I've said this before, and maybe I've actually said this on fifty two eighty, Glenn, but like Von Miller. And I, I will say this and, you know, until I'm, you know, um, blue in the face, but like Von Miller was one of the players and one of the rare players where 
you know, the team really did right, you know, by that player and, and moved him on, you know, to the Los Angeles Rams. But more importantly, when a franchise player like that, a cornerstone player leaves typically, and I'm wearing Rockies gear, right? You know, the, the Rockies were known for this in terms of not treating their, their franchise players the best. You know, you sometimes see it in the NBA. They really, they really feel ill will more often than not to the team that drafted them or the team that they'd spent a vast majority of their career with. There was some ill will at times with Carmelo Anthony and the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, the Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, um, you know, Troy Tulowitzki. You know, I mean, like the list goes on with the Rockies. Von Miller was, you know, truly one of the lone guys that the Broncos actually did right. And what you mentioned earlier, Glenn, he uses we, he uses us in terms of the Denver Broncos. So the fact that he still is using that phraseology, and Peyton Manning is the exact same way, but the way that, uh, you know, the way that he uses those phrases, it's like, it's comforting to know that you still play in the NFL. You still have the Denver Broncos in your Twitter profile bio. Like, you know, you still have DT as your profile picture on, you know, on Instagram, on, on Twitter, like, you know, I mean, like he bleeds orange and blue. He will always bleed orange and blue, and he will always be a member of the Denver Broncos until you know, you know, until he is, uh, you know, n- you know, on the Ring of Fame, and, and even that's going to continue. So, I mean, like he is, uh, he's going to be a member of the Broncos for life. Yep, and he's said it himself, man. If it's not the Bills, he wants the Broncos to win a Super Bowl mm-hmm. every single year. He still loves the Broncos. Again, he still uses we. He's still. He's still in very many ways is Mr. Denver Bronco, man, even though he's no longer on the team. Do you guys still, do you guys put him on Mount Rushmore? I mean, I know it's for the Broncos, for the Broncos. Oh man, I would say so. I would say so. I mean, who, who was bigger defensively? Uh, Sorry, Randy Gratishar, but I mean, I think, I think Vaughn, I mean, he single-handedly, no disrespect to the other guys on that team, but Mm -hmm. I mean, his domination in Super Bowl 50 set the entire tone for that game, won that game, changed Cam Newton's entire career. I mean, how often do you see that that doesn't involve an injury where one player can literally end a guy's career as we know it? I mean, Vaughn did that in that Super Bowl. The guy is, you know, I think we got, a great haul back for him at that time. He won a Super Bowl right afterwards. No fans had any ill will towards Vaughn leaving. Maybe he wanted to leave. Um, that was never reported. But just the fact that this is a guy who the way he talks about the team is like somebody that no longer is in the NFL, and yet he's uh, in our conference. Right. It's I, I'm – I couldn't wish him more of the best. I just absolutely love the guy. And it's going to be very cool seeing him before the game, after the game, and maybe even during the game if he ends up sacking somebody. And so there's not going to be much hard feelings, I don't think, no. <laughs> you know, with Vaughn's performance. I, I was going to say, too, what a, and to back to the Buffaloes game a little bit, I'm really curious to see what we're going to see from Baron Browning, you know, because I think one of the underrated, you know, news stories is, you know, Baron Browning was a guy that he learned under Vaughn. Like I, I think there was it was reported last year or a couple of years ago where he actually was trained by Vaughn. He went to like one of his camps, not the pass rush summit, but like he was trained 
you know, by him, or maybe he did go to the one of the pass rush summits. So, but Baron Browning, you know, he is one of those guys that, you know, I, I mean, I, I've said it before, but it's almost like a spitting image, if you will. Sometimes when you watch Baron Browning, you know, come off that edge or, you know, do the, the Von Miller dip or the, the, the mm. way he just moves, you know, uh, you know, inside on, you know, a possible like stunt rush. Right. I mean, so it's just like, when you see something like that, it's like, wow, was that Von Miller right there? And, you know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm really curious to see what we'll see from him, uh, you know, in that game, but, you know, this will be one of those, one of those games where you see it from a fan's perspective from your team, but you'll see Von Miller jump off sides about five times in a game and you'll go, Hey, Oh, oh I, I, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> and th- and yeah. this time we're going to say he was off sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. But Kansas um, brought up another point. I'm sorry, Gage, but like no, you mentioned the summit, how many players have created and he paid for this a gathering of other players at his very position on competing teams to gather and share their their pass rushing secrets and techniques that is so cool george kittle has since copied that for or replicated that on the tight end side i mean the value that that brings to not only the league but it just shows this guy's so unselfish, you know, as far as a, a teammate, a competitor, it's very, very cool. Um, Gage, I'll get to your point, And then I want to talk about this comment that's up here. Well, I was just saying, it's going to be fun seeing Garrett Bowles and Vaughn Miller. You know, there's going to be, <laughs> there, there's going to be some talk in there. It's going to be, it's going to be fantastic, man. I'll, I'll love, you know, they're going to probably give each other a big hug before and after the game, but during the game, you know, there's going to be a lot of shit talk between Garrett Bowles and Vaughn Miller. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness we still don't have Billy Turner. Yeet. <laughs> that guy was a ragdoll last night. Dude, Orange... that was awful. <laughs> one of, one of awful? many ghosts of Denver's past that came up last night in that game. I saw Isain Bassey on the Chargers sideline, Nathaniel Hackett, Billy Turner, just so many ghosts of Denver's past in that game last night. Mm-hmm. So. So Orange Crush 512, and this is a new name for me. So if if you've if you've been in the stream before, I apologize. I normally aren't the one, not the one. I believe he's been on uh, Orange and Brew a few times. But appreciate you popping in. Vaughn did say on your stream on his stream a bit ago that he was waiting for the Broncos to call him last season, but they went with Gregory. Still wish Peyton would have called him. And in retrospect, mm-hmm. this is a perfect comment. Uh, I think that. <laughs> you're not going to get any arguments from any of the Bronco fans out there. And um, even Zach Stevenson was saying today, you know, he thought that the Broncos made the right decision trading him, especially with the compensation that they got, but they could have brought him back even paying a little bit more than they committed to Gregory and having him back on the team after that trade. It essentially would have been a six month rental or whatever it was for for a Super Bowl ring for the Rams and then the compensation Denver got that basically equated to um, Nick Benito, good hit there, Drew Sanders, and Luke Wattenberg. Those are basically the three players that you got out of that Von Miller trade. And, hey, with the Nick Benito, that one's working out pretty well, man. I I cannot begin to express how impressed I am with Nick Benito, but I know that given the fact that they could have gotten that Plus Von Miller, that one stings. That one really yeah. does sting. Yeah, I, 
you know, but I, I, I will say, you know, this is a subtle point, but obviously with Nick Benito playing well, that is a George Payton hit, right? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, so uh, so kudos to Payton. Uh, but I, I think we're we're entering that point where Von Miller he he's going to end up coming back. Like I, I think the moment he's done with the Buffalo Bills um, is I think the moment when he'll sign that deal with the Broncos, either a two year deal or you know uh, whatever's next. Whether I mean honestly, with as disappointing as the Bills are this year, who knows? They could make some off sale you know changes in the off season, and he could be a free agent in the off season. Um, you know, just surprise us all, you know, surprise us all. And, you know, and they, and they make some wholesale changes, but um, so I, I'm well, to that point, if Denver's really pushing to make a championship run next season, man, but by imagine the, him getting one more ring in a Denver Broncos uniform. Well, but by that same token too, the Broncos do need a vet in that, in that room with guys like, you know, Cooper and, you know, Benito. And so, so Von Miller to that point, just, he fits the bill of that. And, um, but I, I think is, I, but the, the thing is a little bit ridiculous though, with the, 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 the Von Miller stuff, as much as he probably wanted a call and maybe he would have taken less. And maybe that's what that was hinting at is that he would have actually taken less to come to, uh, the Denver Broncos at that point, you know, instead of Randy Gregory, he still signed a ridiculous deal to go to the oh. Buffalo Bills. Yeah. So, I mean, like. When you see a deal like that, it was like there was no way the Broncos were going to be reaching that kind of money. So, I mean, you know, so, but again, like maybe he wanted less. And, and if he was going to end up being less, he was going to end up coming to the Broncos, but there was no call. So, wasn't it six, six years, 120? Yeah. It mm-hmm. was, yeah. It was six for like 115 or something like that. When and it worked like, out, yeah, I think it was like 53 stuff. guaranteed. So it was like a three year deal, I think, right? Yeah. Basically a three year deal. Yeah. Um, Steve thinks that Vaughn will only come back here to retire. And it's, it, it, it's, that's potentially the case. I mean, he's no spring chicken, uh, shout out Vaughn Miller chicken. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, um, but just in the short term, it's very, very cool. And, uh, I pulled up during the, our chat that Jeff Bryan says he lives in the heart of new England as do I, and everyone wants Belichick fired on talk radio. And <laughs> it is there. The Boston globe is actually reporting that if the Patriots lose in Germany, there's a chance that Belichick will get fired during the season, which I can't imagine that there's not a better way to, to, to end that relationship. But, um, you know, like my coworkers and, and friends that are Patriot fans that are belly aching about how poor how badly they are. I, I, I do not offer any sympathy for the, for the well, you know, uh, unprecedented. Well, uh, 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 <laughs> I was going to say, so does that mean that I could cheer for Josh McDaniels to go back to New England and replace Bill Belichick as head coach with the New England Patriots? Oh, that's another story, guys. We got to talk about this, oh. this airing of the grievances that is just – this is spectacular. I mean, if someone – I'm really hoping that, like, footage ever leaks. I mean, it's just so fascinating. Everybody's unloading on this guy, and he doesn't even speak for himself. He then – That is Antonio Pierce talking. And then he goes – don't you talk about my baby New England like that? <laughs> oh, dude! And Whoa, then, and then Pierce gets the job because he, the, his his rebuttal was what pushed him apparently over the top to become the interim coach. 
that is phenomenal. I mean, oh. it couldn't happen to a better, better D bag, you know, or bigger D bag. Sure. The, 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 fu- the, the funniest thing is, I want that story to be true. Like, I want that story to be true. Well, that story's true. It was the other one where the fortune cookie. Yeah. Where it's <laughs> hot yeah, shot oh, that so, <laughs> the fortune cookie from PMJ. But, oh. but you know, it, you know, it's just it's amazing to me how. This is a coach that, of all things, was ended up hired by the Raiders, got another head coaching gig, and you know, and let's be point blank honest. We we talked about it, you know, with uh, when he was hired at the first place. Like he should never have been hired in the first place. The moment, the moment he was, and I actually say was hired by the Indianapolis Colts. Five minutes later, he pathetically had cold feet and said, "Oh, you know what? I'm good." I, I don't need to coach the the Indianapolis Colts after they also announced it on Twitter, you know. So it's just had a press like, conference scheduled. Had a press yeah. conference scheduled. So like at that moment, you know, he Mel Tuckered the situation. His integrity was out of the window with everything that went on. And I used integrity because you know clearly Mel Tucker has no integrity, and neither does Josh McDaniels. And so I and and you know and so I, I when you do something like that. I would not have touched him with a 10-foot pole from a head coaching gig standpoint. And the fact that it was the Raiders, though, is hilarious because now they find themselves paying John Gruden and Josh McDaniels and probably this new, the, the GM as well, Dave Ziegler, that they let go. So now – Probably Mike Mayock too. Probably Mike, Mike Mayock as well. So your best-case scenario is to not rich Basaccia the situation. And if Antonio Pierce succeeds – keep him just throwing it out there like i'm not trying to give the raiders you know some positivity here but if he succeeds like i don't know keep him Mm -hmm. but they may keep him just strictly out of financial need that his his ask for a salary or his his required salary would be so much less than somebody with years of experience i mean they might be in that position uh yep well they're going to have to do a search no matter what to yeah. comply with league rules. They'll have to at least conduct a search, even if it's kind of a sham <laughs> one, you know, yeah. They'll, yeah. they'll at least have to on paper, conduct a search and interview candidates and all that stuff, interview a couple of other minority candidates to comply with Rooney rule, all, all that kind of stuff. So that that's going to be something that they're just going to have to go through, even if it's window dressing and they will indeed go with Antonio Pierce at the end of the day. But I have to actually give some credit here to Mark Davis because I didn't think he would do it. But reports coming out that he actually listened to several predominant players on that roster, Devontae Adams, Josh yeah. Jacobs, yeah. Max Crosby. I have to imagine Colton Miller, their left tackle in on that conversation. You know, all the captains, all the big names on that roster. How's the vibe in the locker room? Is this going to work long term? Is there any salvaging this? And the general consensus was no. And you saw after that game, (laughs) they were smoking cigars. Max Crosby especially was all fired up. Devontae Adams the day afterwards was playing ping pong and was just absolutely fired up. You could see that there was just a breath of fresh air in that entire locker room. And Hurricane Josh disaster relief efforts have begun. (laughs) And they are going swimmingly well. Yeah. When you were talking about the hurricanes don't usually hit the desert, but in this case, one yeah. hit with a <laughs> Yep, and one hit in the Rocky Mountains back in 2009, 2010. 
And the funniest part to me about this is probably the worst loss of Josh McDaniel's tenure in Denver was 59 to 10 to none other than the Raiders. (laughs) After that, they should have known. Like that alone. And then obviously the Spygate 2.0, the shipping Pete and Hillis out of town because allegedly he was hitting on his wife. Like No, no, the wife had a crush on him. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's what that was. It wasn't. I don't think Peyton had anything to do with that, you know. But that's a, um, yeah, But Josh McDaniel, that just goes how insecure he is. In fact, they, he even got rid of the Madden that year that had Peyton on the cover. It was just like he just washed himself completely out of that situation. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't foresee the. I don't foresee the Patriots bringing him back. I just don't. I, 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 um, oh, it would just be hilarious for me if <laughs> it's like the Simpsons uh, Homer crawling through the little tunnel exactly. and Mr. Burns at the end. So come crawling back, eh? <laughs> so, shout out to the Wild West um, and Rich. Yeah, only three of us on tonight, but um, feel free to comment. We've been pulling up uh, all the comments tonight as they've uh, as they, as they've come. As they have come through, so yeah. Um, let's see here. Let's uh, <laughs> Rich does have a thought. <laughs> Peyton was able, uh, Peyton Hills was able to pull a truck naturally. His wife wanted a piece. <laughs> oh my god! But I, I can tell you what, man. This entire city of Denver and all of Broncos country is just cackling like hyenas, man. We all knew this is exactly how it was going to go. And McDaniels lasted even less time in Las Vegas than he did in Denver. I mean, we knew it was going to be a disaster. We didn't think it was going to be this big of a disaster. I mean, and so many parallels, too, just to the whole situation. Brandon Perna did an excellent video on this. I mean, Josh McDaniels alienating Hunter Renfro from the offense just like he did with Eddie Royal alienating Derek Carr just like he did with um just like he did with Jay, Jay Cutler, Cutler. Mm-hmm. and then Brandon Marshall you yeah and Brandon Tony Marshall Shuffler. yep mm-hmm. you can draw parallels then with Darren Waller the whole wedding situation with Darren mm-hmm. Waller I mean there's Josh McDaniels at this point if it waddles and quacks it's probably a duck and the Raiders the most dumb franchise in the NFL there is how ironic is it that they're the ones that figure it out? Well, there well is, based on the Peyton Hillis rumor, we could say that maybe the, the Waller situation was is that they asked, you know, does anyone object to this wedding happening? And and Mrs. McDaniels jumped up and said, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, and I was going to say the only uh, two things that Josh McDaniels ever did was draft Tim Tebow and Demarius Thomas. That was the only two things that he did that was ever good because – you know, with no Tim Tebow, there's an argument. There's no Peyton Manning. And, of course, Damaris Thomas, and uh, I will say he's my favorite wide receiver in Broncos history. So, I mean, he's at least got that. I mean, I'll he, give him one more, too. He led to us getting the number two overall pick in 2011, which led to us getting Vaughn. Well, well, I was going to say no Sean Moreno, too, but, I mean, that's kind of underrated if you want to go there. Yeah, true. So, so basically, this guy sucking – benefited the Broncos and in ways that we can finally give them credit for. Is that what we're going for? Let's just hope that that doesn't happen in Las Vegas. Let's just (laughs) hope that. Oh God. (laughs) But in order for that to happen, uh, there would have to be, 
um, what is it, a, a walk-off situation in overtime, there would have to be Tom Brady come, you know, crawling back to, <laughs> to, to be the quarterback for the Raiders, which I guess uh, there was another report that I guess came out or was something that, like, Tom, Tom Brady is going to have some – uh, some say on the on the Raiders, you know, going like going forward or something like, which is interesting now that McDaniel's has left. And yeah, then, I mean that was his whole boy. Yeah. So, well, it was yeah. funny because I was I um, had seen that, you know, the whole holdup in Brady becoming an, an owner of the Raiders was based on what percentage he was going to get for the amount that he was putting in, and the number I saw was somewhere in the neighborhood of like one sixty five, which is significant but with the values of these teams they were going to give him way more ownership and some mm-hmm. of the other all the other owners were objecting to that but if you look at brady's investment of that 165 and the estimate that these two coaches that are going to be that are are fired is 85 he, he literally 50 percent of his investment could be paying coaches that are no longer with the team think about that for a minute that's hilarious yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable Raiders gonna read her, man. Oh, and I was really hoping the Chargers were gonna charge her last night. I don't know about you guys. If you yeah, I was that, too, I but hack it, hack it, it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I wanted to uh, give a shout out to Mario Vitanzi, Vitanzi Therapy, on his altitude adjustment uh, website. He's got this cool Justin Simmons him shirt, and and based on the fact that uh, Justin won. Uh, defensive player of the week. He is him. He's going to be him. He's going to continue to be him. So um, guys, any more comments that you have for, uh, uh, for tonight? And what do you think? How do you want to wrap this up? No, just, uh, you know, we'll see if the Denver Broncos can, uh, can come out with uh, a victory on Monday night. Um, and uh, hopefully Justin Simmons can continue his trend. seems like he's playing really good ball. Obviously, you know, with him and Baron Browning being reinserted in the lineup has done wonders for that defense. So Justin Simmons can continue his trend. And oh, by the way, I think if he has one more interception, if he has one more interception, he is he the all-time leader in it or, or he's close to the all-time leader in interceptions, is he not? Like he's he's getting up there. But like I know he's that got a, he's got a couple, he's got a few more years of solid production with the team. Yeah, um, I believe Steve Foley is at forty-three, maybe. Where's um, Champ? Champ? Yeah, Champ is not the the Broncos' leader in interception. Give me one second, uh, as you guys. Maybe the maybe the statistic that I'm actually thinking of is if he has the interception, say at some point during the season, is that he will be the sole leader. Of, per, of people who have interceptions since 2016. Maybe that is that, true. Maybe He's tied at, I believe, yeah. 29 right now. Yeah, so if he has an interception off of Josh Allen, which is the way Allen is playing, highly predictable, highly possible, <laughs> highly possible you know, he, he will be standing alone, which, you know, um, I, I said before, I, I think that he is trending to a point where we have to have a Hall of Fame discussion with him. Um, you know, I, I think that... Uh, you know, if he adds probably another all pro and uh, a couple more pro bowlers, you know, to his name, I think there's a legit conversation to be had about him being in the, in, in the hall of fame someday. Yeah, I'm biased when I say that I'm biased when I say that, but I'm not saying he's a hall of famer now, but I'm just saying like he's on a hall of fame trajectory right now. 
I mean, oh, he's, he's on track to be one of the best safeties in franchise history. I mean, you're not obviously going to pass Steve Atwater, but yeah. one of the best in franchise history. And when Mike Cliss was on with us, he said that that was that was the the strongest position in in Broncos history um, in terms of successful players all throughout the course of of uh, of the um, you know the the last what sixty three years, right? So, um, so the, on the Broncos all time leaders in, in interception, Steve Foley is at 44, Goose Gonsolin at uh, 43, Bill Thompson at 40, Champ is at 34, but he did have 18 with Washington. So he finished his career with 52 interceptions, but only 34 with the Broncos. So it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a misleading stat, but it doesn't tell yeah. the whole story. If you see Champ, tied with Tyrone Braxton and ahead of uh, Mike Harden by one. So, um, I mean, just, boy, we've been blessed as far as that position goes. And and hopefully Justin gets that, that playoff game, that, yes. and that Super Bowl that he deserves, mm-hmm. truly. But, um, you know, to wrap things up, you know, we're on the MHRT network. There are shows nearly every day of the week. Uh, the neighborhood will be going on on uh, Monday night, so you can tune in and join Mundungus Creevy and Bronco Bill uh, as that's happening. Gage does his live stream. Gage, why don't you give your plug as well? Yep, Broncos Syndicate over on YouTube. Um, daily Denver Broncos news, rumors, breakdowns, film studies, live streams during games, all that good stuff. And, and Cam, you've got mainly Broncos tomorrow night. What should we expect from your show? Uh, you know, more Broncos, uh, more Broncos discussion. We'll probably break a, we'll probably talk about the Buffalo Bills game, you know, probably, you know, do, uh, you know, both sides of the ball discussion. And, um, that's, that takes place about seven, that takes place at seven 30 uh, mountain time. Um, I should uh, tease that for next week, um, I have to go to a certain event on Wednesday, so there will be no show on Wednesday, but I'll see if we can reschedule for like that Thursday or something of that week. So we'll still, we'll still have a show. Um, but we'll reschedule it for a different day. Um, same time though, um, uh, around that seven 30 timeframe, but again, you know, seven 30 tomorrow where hopefully we'll be talking about a Denver Broncos win. Uh, can't thank everybody enough for joining in the chat and uh, offering your comments. It helps the, the conversation roll as well. Jeff, Brian, have a great time in Buffalo and go Broncos. Have a good night, everyone. Fast lane when I pass in the street, bag of money in the passenger seat. Tempo's been asking for me on the road from the west to the east. Way up, I might never come down, cause the coast's racking up the flame